Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports domestic microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. The pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, although some people like the garlic. Indeed, second to none. Buner. Old Bay, Girardi. Oh, Girardi would clean up on Old Bay. In fact, I think he puts Old Bay on everything. Ice cream sundae, Old Bay. All right. Budweiser Discovery Reserve, 12-pack, seven ninety seven. Goose Island Variety, 12-pack, nine ninety five. Coors Light, 16-ounce, 24-packs, fourteen ninety five. between now and Tuesday at Brewers Outlet. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. We are pretty proud to be side-by-side with Sunbury Motors. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, here with 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. First time in a few years, the Yankees are champs of the American League East. And here is Pujols against Chapman. And the 1-2. Swing and a miss, and the Yankees win. And they are champions of the American League East. Their first one since 2012. Their 55th postseason appearance and their 100th win of the year. Ball game over. American League East over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. You know what? Uh, that was uh, Michael K. First of all, it's good to hear Michael K. Because uh, he obviously Michael had to miss a period of time this summer. And uh, John Sterling with the calls. The Yankees win the American League East. And Aaron Boone is the first manager in the history of baseball to have back-to-back 100-win seasons to start his career. That's impressive. All right. So let's uh, turn our attention now to the quarterbacks of the NFL. Last time was a pretty good game for Gardner Minshew. Stepped in, played really well. With that, we bring in Adam Kilgore from the Washington Post. Adam, welcome to the show. It's great to have you with us. Good to be on with you. All right. It, it's an interesting time in the NFL. Uh, this league has been built around uh, longtime quarterbacks like Drew Brees and 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 uh, and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, even of late, a guy like Nick Foles, they're all not there right now. Uh, so what does your research show about what uh, guys like Gardner Minshew and Mason Rudolph and what their potential might be? Yeah, it really, it really, they really fit a trend. I mean, so, so this week, you know, both by preference of teams and, and some injuries, there's going to be 17 quarterbacks um, who, are, who came into the league 2016 or later. So, you know, more than half the league probably is going to have a quarterback that's got less than four years' experience going. Um, you know, and I think the way these teams are getting quarterbacks ready and are able to get, to get quarterbacks ready, 
um, you know, tells you something about the way the league is going. You know, there's more sort of college-friendly offenses. Guys are able to, to come in and compete and succeed right away, uh, you know, more so than they were even, even a handful of years ago. So, um, you know, I, I think the sort of the shift in the NFL to, to more acceptance and embrace of, of college-style systems uh, is a big reason why you're seeing so many young guys come in and uh, thrive right away. Uh, does this account for what we've seen from Lamar Jackson so far? Yeah, that, that's part of it. You know, I, I think there's a lot more create, creativity, a lot more open-mindedness about the way teams uh, build around their quarterback. You know, I think, um, you know, uh, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray is another great example of this where you draft a quarterback number one overall and you make it about the quarterback. You, you don't sort of try to fit him into what your coach or what your team does. You build a system and, and, and a roster and, and, and put personnel um, and a scheme around that quarterback to allow him to succeed. You know, part of that is is financial uh, considerations too. You know, the way the CBA is, uh, if you have a young quarterback, uh, you're drafted highly or the mid rounds, that can be a huge advantage because you can build uh, around him through free agency and you can spend your money elsewhere. You get a cheap quarterback uh, when that quarterback is young. So the time to build a contender is not you know down the road. You're not, you aren't planning for your future when you when you draft a quarterback now. You're planning to win right away because that's when you can put the talent around that quarterback. Um, so it so it, it it benefits teams. You know, it, it, if you have Lamar Jackson, your window is right now, just because that's when you have some powerful, uh, you know, cap space. You you can do a lot with him. So it, it behooves you uh, to figure out what he does best and, and exploit that. You know, it's no different. Or, you know, in, in theory, it's no different than you know Bill Belichick and the Patriots getting you know shifty slot receivers and pass catchers out the backfield because that exploits what Tom Brady does well. You know, having speed on the outside and uh, powerful running running game that exploits what Lamar Jackson does well. So, you know, I think teams are getting smarter about, um, you know, building around their quarterback. You know, I, I think both smarter, more creative, and more, and more open-minded. And, uh, I mean, it's part of this is, now, this is a third-round pick, but part of this is the Russell Wilson theory. When Wilson was a third-round pick, Seattle had all sorts of options in free agency, and they used it and won a Super Bowl with it. That's right. I, you know, they were the ones who figured it out first, and I think every other team has been sort of using that model since then. I, I think that's exactly right. Um, you know, and I think the Rams, to an extent, is a great example because Jared Goff, you know, remember when he came in the league right. under Jeff Fisher, he looked terrible. He seemed like a bust, a bust after he started seven games in his rookie season. All of a sudden, he, you know, he gets a new coach who understands what he does well, who's able to sort of bring in and apply some spread concepts, a lot of play action. Um, you know, a lot of throwing the ball down the field, and all of a sudden he looked—he's a franchise quarterback who's making, you know, more than 100 million dollars on his on his second deal. So, um, you know, that—that—that's where the league is headed. It's, it's figuring out what your quarterback does well and taking advantage of it, and not just trying to identify a guy who can play in a quote-unquote NFL system. Because right now, you know, there really isn't a quote-unquote NFL system. It's just football. Um, you know, it, it's the NFL looks a lot more like college or even high school today than it did five years ago. But the, isn't this, you know what's interesting about this, Adam? Isn't this something that we will take the time to praise a coaching staff about? They do a great job of doing what their players do best. And it seems like for a long time in the NFL, they tried to do, hey, this is how we play in the league, and now they're doing what fits what the player's skill set happens to be. Is that fair? I think that's totally fair. And there's almost like, there's almost like a, a pretty big generation of quarterbacks that didn't produce – um, you know, many long-lasting uh, players in the league. I mean, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that a lot of the quarterbacks in the league are either 
you know, what, you know, especially before Roethlisberger Breeze got hurt, a lot of the quarterbacks in the NFL were either like, you know, pushing into their late 30s or even 40s, or, or they're these young guys. I think a lot of that has to do with the way that NFL teams thought for a long time. I mean, they were basically trying to ram, you know, as the college game and even the high school game went into spread offenses and, you know, um, air raid concepts, that kind of thing. The NFL was very slow to adjust. And so all of those guys became great at what they did, and then they got to the NFL, and the NFL said, no, now you have to be great at doing something else. Um, and that was that was a mistake. That was that was flawed sort of backward thinking. Now there is all these young coaches who understand, you know, how to sort of apply the spread and air raid concepts, that kind of thing, into the NFL game where the you know defenders are bigger and stronger. It still works. You just have to do it the right way. Um, and so now now NFL teams are taking quarterbacks that are great at what they do and making them you know great at what they at that same thing in the NFL instead of trying to ram a square peg into a round hole, which happened for a long, long time. That's why I think you have this disparity. There's a lot of old quarterbacks who are great, a lot of young quarterbacks who are great. In the middle there were guys who came to the league and were asked to do things that they weren't very good at, which was a, a big mistake for those teams. Right. No, I, exactly right. I mean, you've got to be able to – that's why I give the Ravens a lot of credit. Uh, last year, they put in an offensive system that fit Lamar Jackson. Uh, now, they've modified it because, to his credit, he worked very hard in his passing game. But I felt, I don't know about you, Adam, I felt the Ravens were very hard to defend because you get used to defending a certain way, and now this team plays a completely different style because of the quarterback. Yeah, that's definitely part of it, too. Um, and, and they can still do that. I mean, they're, they're unique. They're probably like an extreme um, example of, of what we're talking about here. Yeah. But part of that is because they have an extremely and uniquely talented quarterback as well. You know, I mean, the Chiefs are also, are also extremely and uniquely hard to defend. Um, and that's because Patrick Mahomes is also sort of an extreme kind of quarterback. Now, <laughs> yeah. for that, for him, it's his arm strength and it's it's you know his ability to you know quick release, all that kind of thing. So it's a different uh, version of that sort of like unique talent, but it's, it's the same idea where you're taking the quarterback who's got these you know extraterrestrial talents um, and sort of fitting your offense around him. You know, Andy Reid did it in Kansas City. Uh, you know, and, and uh, John Harbaugh and Greg Rome, the offensive coordinator, did it in Baltimore. It just looks different because. Uh, you know the, the the quarterbacks they have are different. So, how interested are you now to watch Mason Rudolph in what is essentially going to be a fourteen game tryout to see whether the Steelers need to draft a quarterback or he might be the guy after Ben? Yeah, that's totally fascinating. I mean, I, it seems to me like they they picked him in the third round as a as a potential, if not likely or or hopeful um, heir apparent. Um, you know, and I think he fits what we're talking about. Perfectly, you know, in college playing Oklahoma State, they do a lot of spread, they do a lot of air raid type of ideas, um, and so I think it's you know incumbent upon the Steelers to give him his best shot, his best shot to win, to sort of try to blend what they've done for years with with Ben um, into what Rudolph can do well, um, and you know I think you know the the Mick and Fitzpatrick trade uh, yeah. showed what they're thinking that you know there's no reason for them to have to like make this like a years long process or to or, or to you know throw it a couple seasons in the gutter because of changing quarterbacks. I think. I think they believe in this guy, and if that's true, then they should figure out what he does best and exploit it in the same way Baltimore, Kansas City, or even I would say New England. I mean, have done with, with their quarterbacks. You know, I mean, like they, the, the, the Patriots have an offense. I mean, I mean, Tom Brady's probably going to thrive no matter what he does, but they have an offense that um, you know emphasizes short passes and precise passes and timing, and that's what Tom Brady excels at. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Steelers should not just sort of like do what they do; they should figure out what Mason Rudolph does best and, and tweak their offense uh, in that direction. Which now brings up Adam, the New York Giants. They made their their move. The Steelers are making their move out of necessity, which I think 
allows them to really have the freedom to give him all, all you know, all the rope needed to make this thing work. What about the Giants now? They make the move, except it's a healthy quarterback that's going to be a scratch with the kid coming in, Daniel Jones. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they didn't have a choice. I mean, I, it's, you know, the, the fact that Eli Manning is, is such a great, um, you know, he's had a great career in New York. He's won two Super Bowls. I think they probably catered to him or, you know, were almost worried about, like, the PR hit they would take. Right. He hasn't had it for a few years, you know. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. and that's, that's no knock on Eli Manning. You know, not everyone can play forever like Tom Brady or Drew Brees. It's time for him uh, to, to step aside, and they need to figure out what they have in Daniel Jones. And I think, you know, they're, they don't have to change much because I don't think Daniel Jones is that much of a different quarterback Agreed. than Eli Manning. You know, he's more he's more mobile and he's younger. He's got a stronger arm probably at this point in their careers. But, you know, I mean, remember, um, you know, as people, you know, plenty of people point this out in the draft process, you played the same exact college offense more or less as Eli Manning because he had the same college coach right. um, at Duke and, you know, and David Cutcliffe. So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, that transition. I think it'll be a smooth transition. You know, it, it probably won't look as good as it did in the preseason where, where Daniel Jones was so awesome. But, um, you know, I think he's, you know, he, he definitely started to sort of make some believers out of everyone who thought he, it was idiotic, the Giants, to pick him six overall. Um, you know, and I, I think he's got a chance. There. You know, he's got a great tight end in Evan Ingram, unbelievable running game, and with Saquon, Saquon Barkley to Barkley to fall back on. You know, I think Pat, Pat Shermer, um, you know, is is in the middle to upper tier of play callers in the NFL. So he's got a chance to to look, to look good. I don't think the Giants are going to win a lot of games this year because of their defense and because they still have a lot of holes in that roster. But you know, I, I think it's going to look okay with, with uh, Jones in there this week. Uh, you talked about how uh, let's say Patrick Mahomes. When you look at him, because they had Alex Smith before, good, functional NFL quarterback, can make some plays, but never made the dynamic play. Uh, how much credit do you give Andy Reid for looking at Mahomes and saying, look, we're just going to do this, let's just go? Yeah, a lot of credit. You know, I mean, they, and they traded up to get him yes. when they still had Alex Smith, too. So, I mean, that that was great scouting. I, I think Brett Beach had a lot to do that. He was not the GM at the time, but he was kind of the – the scouting, uh, you know, force in that building, you know, like fell in love with him, and and said, we, you know, this is the guy that we have to get. Um, and John Dorsey agreed, and, and they went and got him. So, um, yeah, I mean, that that was, and that was not, you know, at the time. Look, you know, I think when remember when they traded up on draft night, a lot of people said, oh, they're they're going to get get Deshaun Watson, right? So at the time, it wasn't like a slam dunk. You know, he had played in the air raid. He had, you know, he had all these. He was, you know, a quote unquote raw prospect. You know, can't read an NFL defense on and on. And the Chiefs sort of saw through that clutter, which I think more teams are now, they saw through that clutter and said, what are you talking about? This guy can throw the ball 80 yards in the air if he wants. He's got amazing talent. You know, he's, he throws the ball 70 times a game in college sometimes. Like, he can, if you can do that, then, you know, and, and you can't build an offense around the NFL, you're not doing your job. So, you know, they weren't <laughs> afraid of what happened in college. I think they embraced what, what he did in college, and, and that's why they had so much success right away. You know, it's interesting you brought up Deshaun Watson because I talked with Bill O'Brien about a year and a half ago because he came back to Penn State. And you know, I said, when you look at a spread offense guy that takes nothing but shotgun snaps, I said, does that concern you in scouting? He says, no, we can teach them how to drop back. And I thought that was an interesting point because Watson is the kind of quarterback you're talking about. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and that's a good point too, because it's like, look, you know, it, when you're playing peewee football, you can you can teach like a, uh, you know, twelve year old quarterback how to drop back in like three practices. So if if a pro athlete can't handle that, then you shouldn't be getting picked anyway, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think yeah, I think like it, you know, the NFL's getting getting smarter now after being really dumb for a long time, making 
a lot of excuses about how, you know, it was for the longest time you heard like, oh, these front offenses, like they're killing us. Like we, we can't train these guys. We don't know how to evaluate them. It's like, well, that's, that's your problem. Like, you know, there's, these guys are talented. They've, they've, quarterbacks now have played more football by a lot than any generation before them because seven on seven and all that. And so the NFL finally figured out how to like take advantage of that instead of making it a detriment, which it's, you know, it, it sort of typifies NFL thinking, the fact that that was, that, that took, you know, longer than, you know, five, five, ten years. But finally, I think we're here. And that's why we, you know, have this young, really interesting, fun group of quarterbacks coming up. Last night, one of those young quarterbacks happened to be for Tennessee, the Heisman Trophy winner uh, from years gone by, who struggled in the league. It's been, it hasn't been the smoothest trip for him. Yet on the other side, you had Gardner Minshew, who 15 months ago was going to be a grad assistant at Alabama. <laughs> and then Washington yeah, State. A lot of fun. And Washington State said, uh, no, you can play for us. What do you think of him? I like him, man. I mean, I think, I think again, he's sort of like. You know, if if you want to see like, um, you know, reasons why he can't succeed in the NFL, sure he's short, doesn't have the strongest arm. Um, you know, only had one year really of like high level college experience. Um, you know, you, you can find reasons that you don't you you know think he won't succeed. But a smart team's going to say, okay, well, look, you know, he led a college program for a year. Um, you know, he gets the ball out quick, really accurate, uh, really smart. Uh, you know, good, good leader. And if you if you can't sort of take those attributes and um, exploit them, build around them, emphasize them with what you do, then uh, that, that's your fault as an NFL team. So, yeah, I mean, I think he, uh, he's got a chance to succeed. Which now brings me to the other part. We've been talking about the NFL teams and how they need to think. Do the fans have to change their mindset as to what they're watching moving forward? Mm, no, I think they should enjoy it. <laughs> I think finally they're, they're going to see teams who, um, instead of, you know, sort of like beating their head against the wall, trying to make quarterbacks do things or not, um, no, I, I, you know, I, I think they're, I, I think probably fans, especially if you call it, if you follow college and pro football, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, I think it's going to make a little more sense. Because I think for a lot of years, people are like, you know, even like Lamar Jackson, it seems kind of crazy now that he lasted to the last pick of the first round. And if you're a college ball fan, you know, I, I, I love watching him at Louisville, and I remember thinking, I don't understand like why this guy is like the fastest quarterback since Michael Vick. He's, you know, throws a good deep ball. Um, you know, he put up crazy stats at Louisville for a coach who used to coach in the NFL. Um, you know, you, you you have to like sort of like look hard to find something wrong with that. Right. And unfortunately, and kind of foolishly, that's what a lot of NFL teams do in the draft prospect draft process. They find reasons why these guys can't succeed instead of sort of like looking at like what they can mold them into based on their their strengths. And and, again, and the guy like Lamar Jackson has extreme strengths. Right. Right. Well, that's why I went back to early. We always oh, they do a great job of taking advantage of what their personnel can do best. And then you look at how some of the teams drafted over the years. You're saying that's not really what they're doing. <laughs> so mm-hmm. now it's changed. Adam, thanks so much. This is a great conversation. I really appreciate it. And the article was terrific. All right. Enjoy it, Steve. Thank you. All right. Adam Kilgore, Washington Post. While we're talking to Adam, Antonio Brown was released by the New England Patriots. To quote the great philosopher Dick Girardi, Antonio Brown, gone. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Stamp right up and fool the guesser. He'll guess your age. He'll guess your weight. Hey, guesser. Bet you can't guess how much I saved at Sunbury Motors Kia. Even the fair fool the guesser will be shocked at the money you'll save on your next new Kia. I wanna see you in a Kia. Sunbury Motors Kia. 
cakes, hot sausage, and gyros can compare with the savings on new Kias from Sunbury Motors Kia. Hurry in this week and save $4,500 off on a 2019 Kia Sorento LX. There's four grand off on a 2019 Forte S. And save $4,000 on a 2020 Kia Sportage LX. Kia offers an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Put down that corn dog and get to SMC. Like the fair, these deals only, only come around once a year at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Offers available to qualified buyers through KMF Financing on select Kias. Offer expires 930-19. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. Brewers Outlet, the beverage super stock superstores, ready for all of your warm weather activities. Camping, picnics, grilling, visit Brewers Outlet first for microbrews, imports, domestic specialties. They got them. Grab some pickles at the Pickle Bar, Steve Jones's favorite place. Snacks? Brewers Outlet has that covered. Soda, sports drinks? Check. Weekly specials, too. And there's lots of convenient parking. So get all the refreshments everyone will love for your next outdoor gathering at Brewers Outlet, the beverage super stock superstore, Reagan Street, Sunbury. So Antonio Brown is out in the win-win. Evidently, they've been able to verify a second text that was sent by him. And in the verification, they looked at it and said, that's it. We're done. So for one game against the Dolphins, so, I mean, does that count? I'm only asking. But Antonio Brown's New England career is over. I thought that went well. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports domestics, microbrews, best selection of air anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, second to none. Although, Buner prefers garlic. Brewers Outlet specials now through Tuesday. Budweiser Discovery Reserve, 12-packs, just $7.97. Goose Island Variety, 12-pack. That checks in at nine ninety five, and Coors Light sixteen ounce twenty four packs fourteen ninety five. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes eleven and fifteen in Hummel's Wharf. You want the best sales staff to deal with. You want the best product. You want the best service department. Is all wrapped up in the Sunbury Motors. And now. You may introduce our guest. Steve, the Friday Central Susquehanna Valley tradition, unlike any other with our very special guest, number 78, formerly in the Enfield High School football program, number one in our hearts, we give it up for, yes, your one and only brother. Steve, here is Kevin Jones. Hey, guys. You know, that commercial, you know that commercial you just played, how, like, the one step is the first step on a journey. Yes. We just played that commercial. Yeah. 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 Antonio Brown was just told to take one step toward the door, 
and stay on your journey. <laughs> Antonio Brown, gone. Reminds me of that Leonard Skinner classic, Give Me Three Steps Toward the Door. <laughs> right. Give me three steps, give me three steps, mister, you'll never see me no more. That's right. Antonio Brown, gone. What a waste of a talent. So, he's got a lot of major league problems, that guy. So. Oh, huge problems. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yes, so, I'm huge. live from Studio 305. So, move the studio. So, how do you like it? I love it. I got TV, legs kicked up. I got a new member of my family. So, actually, a new member of my body. I have, I'm a proud owner of a titanium hip. So, there you go. Yep. Got my new hip. So, pretty sore, but. Yeah, but you'll you'll find it's going to work out great. So this no, happened since. So, but I'm part of the opioid crisis right now. <laughs> <laughs> so this happened since last Friday. So give us the timeline. Like when did it? When you know when 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 did the procedure take place? When did you get? Well, home? did you notice that you got your picks like before the other picks were done? <laughs> I got them pretty early. Yeah. <laughs> you sent them like first I, thing I Monday morning, wasn't it? About Tuesday? a half hour before I went to the hospital. Oh jeez. <laughs> I went in Monday. They operated. At noon, and I was there Tuesday, and I came home Wednesday. So I'm walking now with a walker, and walking pretty good. So both legs are the same length. That's really cool. So the robot and the surgeon did a good job. So we're happy. No infections, no issues, no nothing. I'm good. So every day I get. Better and better, and it's like incredible what they can do today. So, so. Anyway, well, I knew, well, I knew the, I knew the procedure was coming up. I was just concerned you'd be skipping a Friday with us, and both of us would be completely, you know, we'd understand. No, I, I just knew I, I didn't know what kind of, you know, condition I'd be in, but I knew it was on the Monday. So, I didn't tell anyone I was going in. So, it's a secret. So, but. Things are going well. So, Good. Got it done because when I was scheduled before and people knew I was going in, and then they all said, how did it go? And I said, they canceled it. <laughs> so I was just like, cause I don't want anyone to know. So I just want to, if it gets canceled again, I don't want anyone to know. So I went in, it went like a breeze. They, they tell you to lean over a table and... They said, you're going to feel a little prick, and you feel a little prick, and then you wake up, and you're rolling down a hallway. <laughs> it's all done. So it's pretty cool. Excuse me, doctor. You don't have to call me that. I've only been here five minutes. Give me a chance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I've been there all day. You don't even realize yeah. it. Actually, the surgery is only an hour. So but got a pretty good cut, about a nine-inch cut on my head. And then okay. the robot only required a three-inch cut, so figure that out but anyway pretty cool so with i should be back to work monday and off we go so i got a great crew and i'm right next to the building so you know they keep shuffling stuff back and forth and i run the company from here so, 
It's all good. There you go. That's oh. awesome. It may take you, you know, three times as long to get to the door and into the office, but that's okay. Oh, they could have been here ten times. I really wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Almost time for another pill. <laughs> <laughs> no pain, no gain. <laughs> so, no, you oh. have to take the painkillers. Uh, I'm, I'm drug-free, but you have to take the painkillers because you can't do your therapy without them. So... And the therapy is paramount. You have to do your therapy. And in the hospital, they make you take the painkiller two hours before the therapy so that it's kicked, it's kicked right in. So it doesn't stop you from performing, you know. And you don't get loopy. It just takes the pain away. So, well, you get a little loopy. Nobody could tell. No, I've been watching TV all day with the sound off. <laughs> Nobody can tell. It's all good. <laughs> Don't worry about him. He's just acting like himself. It's okay. It's all good. Kev go, being, baby, go. It's Kev being Kev. <laughs> you do anyway, you. you. Take your hands you? off the wheel. <laughs> I tell you, I got to see some good stuff, though, because I was down. One of the greatest things you could ever see is Carl Yastrzemski and his grandson. That just, did you guys see that? I did, and it's it's neat because I've met the grandson. Uh, yeah. He played for Aberdeen in the uh, New York Penn League, and he played here in State College. Oh wow! Oh. Yeah. So, and he's a really nice kid. There's a great story about this guy who uh, yells. Uh, Mike Jastrzemski's playing someplace. I can't remember. I think it was a it was the minor leagues. It was in Scranton. He's playing in Scranton against the Yankees affiliate. And some guy says, hey, Yastrzemski, hey, did you know that there was another player in the major leagues named Yastrzemski? His name was Kyle Yastrzemski. So Mike's waiting for him to say, well, you know, he says, are you related? And the guy said nothing. Right? Uh, and so he looks over and goes, yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> yeah, what do you say? Shared by our one Donnie Collins earlier this week. And, yeah, and actually, yes. Mike's really not a kid anymore. He's pushing 30, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think he's an older rookie for sure. Yeah, he, he is. Looks old. He is. Yeah. yeah. But I remember when he came and played here. Out a little bit was, and I was in the hospital when I saw it. Was um, my first thought was, what happened to his dad? You know, because his dad was a pretty good ball player, and I remember when his dad he came just... up, but it was a while ago. That's why you realized that the grandson was older. Um, his dad yeah, no, had but... hip replacement that... surgery. Yeah. And got a blood clot and died. <laughs> Not yeah. laughing at it. I'm just saying. Well, I was sitting there like, oh God. So, right. But yeah, it was simple. You can get blood clots with this type of surgery, but that's how his dad died from hip right. surgery. Right. And his dad was actually a pretty good ball player, but yeah. he got really close, but didn't quite get in there. Yeah, he played minor league ball, but never yeah. could get over the. Yeah. Uh, it was. Did you see the Fenway Park thing with with uh, Carl? Oh, it yeah. It was really it was, good. I mean, yeah, it was well done. Yeah, and the, fan, and Carl the fans didn't were want great. To go to the stadium because he didn't want to jinx the kid, and then he realized, boy, he's really, really good. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to jinx him. He's got you know? 20 home runs. <laughs> yeah, he killed the Red Sox. So. Well, he wouldn't be the first. No, no the Red Sox had a bad year. I mean, the I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Yeah, but, but yeah, oh, he, man, he's got a sweet I'm happy swing. for him. Yeah. Oh, I'm happy for him. 
Yeah, he can swing. He's got a beautiful swing. So, anyhow, so let's get to some picks. Sure. All right, so let's take care of the standings here from, let's see, how did we do last week? Uh, Kevin, both you and Steve were tied 5-2, and and I trailed 4-3 and last week. So after three weeks, Kevin, you are 16-6, and Stefano 15-7, and and yours truly 13-9. and That's close. Getting close. All right, so we have another Super 7 of games. So we'll jump into the college games first. Kevin, we're going to take care of Air Force Boise State first. And that, that was second on your list, but since that game is tonight. Yeah, they we'll, play in like yeah, we'll two pick, hours. Yeah, we'll so. pick that game first. That's at 9 tonight on ESPN2 yeah. on, I guess it's on, it's on the blue turf, right? It's at Boise State. It's the, yeah, it's at I think it's, it's, it's on the Smurf turf, yeah. Yep, Air Force at Boise State. So here we go. Cool game. Boise. Steve, Boise? Yes. Me too. I took Air Force. That's my upset pick of the week. Yeah, there you go. I like Air Forces. They're, these military teams are hard to practice for. Look what happened with Michigan with Army. Is that they're hard to practice for. And they can run the ball. And if you can run the ball and keep Boise State off the field, their offense, you got the shot. That's all I'm going by. So Okay. Okay. All right, so now on to the Saturday slate tomorrow. High noon on Fox. It is Michigan at Wisconsin. Well, I took Wisconsin on the TV show, and I'll stick with it. So you got Wisconsin? Yes. I will take Michigan. Wow, good pick. I took Michigan. I'm sorry, Wisconsin, because I just love their running game. Well, here's Taylor. the here's the rumor of the week, though. Rumor of the week is that Zach Charbonnet might be hurt. Now, whether he is or not, we don't know. What but does he play? Running back for Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. Yep. So you want to change that pick, Sean? <laughs> nah, we'll stick with we'll stick with Michigan. All right. Yeah. It's only a rumor. The reigning Things- champ. Didn't say it was fact. I said it was a rumor. No, he's a reigning champ. He knows his stuff. So. Don't know about that, but uh, all right. So oh then man, we... <laughs> your record last year will be matched by none. Last so. year is last year. No. <laughs> last <You're the> Red Sox. <laughs> last year was last year. There's nothing yeah. I can do about that right now. Seventy eight thirty two. That's cool. Seventy eight thirty two. Um, all right, so the, <laughs> but that was so last year. Wisconsin, Sean. You got Michigan, Steve, Wisconsin. 78-32. All right, CBS doubleheader tomorrow. Uh, the three thirty game will be Auburn at Texas A and M. I want to take Texas A and M to win. You know, the funny thing is, Bo Nix, as heralded as he is, you start looking at his QBR and his and a couple of other analytics with him. He's struggling. I'm gonna go with rookie. the more exper- I'm gonna go with the more experienced well, he'll be in here playing Penn State in two years. Wow. Um because uh, Penn State is a home and away with Auburn coming up. That's the great. so I uh, but I'm gonna go with the more experienced quarterback at home, Kellen Mond, Texas A and M. Yeah, that's why I'm taking the Aggies as well. This is really uh you know, Bo's really first true away test. Yeah, I took Texas Texas A and M also, but you, you gotta love it. You're a freshman. 
you're supposed to be the best quarterback in the freshman quarterback in the country, and your name's Bo Nix. You know, what a name! Oh, it's like remember when the first time you and I saw you know, Notre Dame highlights, Joe Montana. I'm like, wow, now that's yeah. a quarterback. <laughs> they always had great names for their quarterbacks. You know, what was that? Hanratty, Terry, Terry Hanratty, and yeah, and then of course, uh, what's his name? Joe Theismann. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, Joe Montana. The names. I mean, Bo Nix is just the coolest name ever for yeah. you know, good looking kid. <laughs> Quarterback Auburn. What's your name? Bo. Bo Nix. <laughs> he could play shortstop for the Red Sox. So. Okay. <laughs> well, you brought up Mount Montana there a second ago, so let's go with Notre Dame. Notre Dame at Georgia. That'll be your CBS primetime game tomorrow night. Georgia. Yep, I got Georgia. I also took Georgia. These are not good spots for Notre Dame. Don't know why, but I mean, I think Ian Book's going to hang with Jake Fromm for a while tomorrow, but we'll see. We'll see how long he can. the the problem The problem that Notre Dame has is this: if you had to pick a strength, as much as you love the bells and whistles Georgia has, the speed and so forth, they're really good in the trenches, especially yep. their offensive line. And I think that's that's the difference maker to me. They're they're pushing people around this year. They could win it all, Georgia. Okay. We're all pretty consistent. On to Sunday. All right. 1 p.m., Eagle 107. We've got Detroit at the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, Detroit is about as as consistent as my picks last year. Uh, So I'm going to go with the Eagles to win despite all the injuries. Yep. I've got also Philly. I took the Eagles, too, but you're seeing like last night, you know, Everybody took Tennessee, you know, and they got blown out. It's going to be another one of those years that you don't know. Don't forget what the Lions did to the Patriots last year. Right. You know, what team is going to show up each week in the NFL is just, I don't know if it's matchups or what it is, but it looks like a sure pick in the NFL is no longer a sure pick, especially no. the last few years. So I got the Eagles also. They should win, but who knows if they will. This will probably be the primo game of the weekend. Baltimore at the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the home opener for the Chiefs in Arrowhead. That game was so good and so close last year. Real, I think people forget how good this game was, what Mahomes had to do to rally them to win. It was really remarkable. Thanks for having another really good game. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, I'm going to go with Kansas City though. Yep, me too. I got the chefs. I also took the Chiefs. I don't. Uh, I think you got to knock them off before you pick against them. So, all right. And four twenty-five on Sunday. It is the Saints traveling to the Pacific Northwest. They get the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle, no Drew Brees. No. No win. I also have Seattle. I agree. So. Picks weren't too wide open this week. You know, the only no. two that we differ is Michigan, Wisconsin, and Air Force, Boise State. Right. Well, we'll have those weeks. You don't know. And we could go, like, I'll go three and four. <laughs> you know? Well, there's uh, one for you. How about Utah-USC tonight? Sure. Why not? I'm going to go with Utah. Oh, geez, me too. <laughs> we 
Absolutely, I'll take I mean, Utah. Yeah, okay, I would. Yeah, I would take Utah as well. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't See, even. Now, if it would have okay, to be a rare matchup where I would even think right. about taking either UCLA or USC this year. I mean, yeah, they're weak. Yeah, and USC's well, on their backup quarterback already. So. Well, here now, here is the deal, though. Okay. Fox is going to be on site. So, of course, you know, it's the first time Reggie Bush has been back, blah, blah, blah. But that's not the story. Guess who is also on the Fox team that will be sitting in the Coliseum? Urban Meyer. Exactly. What if USC is losing at halftime? Are you going to get 65,000 people in the Coliseum as they're on the air at halftime on Fox chanting, Urban Meyer? Oh, Urban you think they want him to coach there? Oh, yes. You think he would? Uh, I, Why would he leave Ohio answer. State to go to USC? I, I don't... Well, well, no, I mean, he's not coaching, so, I mean, he's no, I right know now... That, but he, he quit. But why would he uproot his family it just depends and go on how, USC at how, this point? How long life? during this downtime he really starts to be chomping at the bit to put the whistle around his neck and go onto the sidelines? Yeah, he doesn't look comfortable on TV. He looks like he doesn't want to be there, so... But. Well, he, and the thing analyst. is, they built the whole thing around him. <laughs> they built the whole thing around him. Yeah, I know, but, well, he sits on the end. He doesn't sit in the middle. So. Oh, no, they built the whole thing around him, believe me. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you right now. He yeah, is the center. He's special he, about the show. I don't. That those shows are so overblown. I don't. Oh, I don't watch. See, I don't watch yeah. this stuff. As Sean knows, I don't watch any pregame or postgame stuff anymore because I just. Yeah. I have no interest but, in Steve, you're right. No, I'm saying that, that's what I'm saying. What's the big deal? They could build whatever they want around them. But it's just talking about the game. But yeah, but if you're a network and you want to go up against ESPN, okay, who can we who can who can we get in that has the the cachet, the name yeah, that we can sure. have a show on at the same time as college football game day on a different network? And boom, they're they're putting their eggs in the Urban Meyer basket. Right, that's what they're doing. They they want him to be the star. To go after ESPN and after, for example, Herb Street. Uh, right. Here's here's our guy. Now, so far, the ratings, and you can only take the eleven o'clock to noon hour because that's the only time Fox is on. ESPN is around a one seven rating, and that shows about a zero seven zero eight. Yeah. To this point, so they're getting beat by a, a, a two to one margin right now. You're not going to beat that kid. He's good. He was on BTN the other day because BTN's fifty-one percent owned by Fox. Yeah, and at one point he referred to Michigan as that team up north. Right. Well, guess what? Guess what? You're a reporter now. Okay, right. you're done. It's Michigan. You can't exactly do that stuff anymore. You can't do that stuff anymore. You're either going to be all in as to your approach, or, or you, you might as well get out. Right. Well, I, I don't. I, I know some things you've said before. He's not one of my favorites, and I would not watch Fox because he was on it. And I never took it like he was. He looks like he's mad that anybody else is talking, that he should be the only one talking. 
because nobody else really knows what they're talking about. That's the feeling I get when I watch him. So yeah, you know, he doesn't pass. Yeah. He doesn't make his partners better. Like, and that's one of the most important parts of doing any broadcasting job. Absolutely. So. Make people around you better. Yep. That's a simple hit from this show to the Shikolimi uh, Jersey Shore crew tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Kevo, continue the smooth recovery. Steve, enjoy your bye weekend, even though you got stuff planned. Yeah, I know. I got to move Chris to Virginia. There you go. All right. <laughs> Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.